Hello and welcome to the Isolation Reflections Podcast. I am your host, Eric Portland. Today's episode is a little different. I got to sit down face-to-face for this interview. This is one of my best friends in the world, Lex Ospina. They also live here in Portland. And after we started doing some of the Black Lives Matters protests and things, and I was feeling so alone and skin hunger, we figured out through like risk assessment and everything how to be in the same isolation pod. So sometimes we do get to hang out and this interview took place when I convinced him to have a slumber party. Um, So yeah, here is me and my fellow non-binary buddy, Lex. Hello, I'm sitting here with Lex. Say hi, Lex. Hi. And Lex also uses they, them pronouns, right? Yes, I do. Um, And I think a good place to start is uh, with our pronouns. Um, That was sort of the starting point of our friendship. Uh, We used to work together at a place that shall remain unnamed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we... We started, I think, it's fair, I think it's fair to say, I started with he or they pronouns at that job, and you started with she or they pronouns. Mm-hmm. And we both got into conversations about non-binary and gender identity, and then one day we kind of decided, hey, what if we just both use they pronouns for each other exclusively? And see how it feels. Yeah. And how did it feel? It felt great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think we just really, like bonded in that moment and then that was the moment that we both started being like mm, we're only using that pronoun for everybody yeah. and like it was nice to it was like the first of many moments where we were like oh we can be so easily vulnerable and like mm-hmm. flexible and like whatever and that was really cool definitely built built our friendship off of that moment i'd say yeah and so then that was about two years ago and then we just have kind of like been, been best buds helped each other through a lot of like relationship shifts and like mistakes and uh and job stuff too job stuff and like figuring it out um and then if we jump forward until like uh i guess that was like april or may yeah um we're both in isolation i'm in isolation alone um which i was for for just over two months yeah the first two months of the shit show and (laughs) was just really kind of fucking losing it Yes. Uh, <laughs> and was like uh, just on edge and just really having a hard time and really wanted people. And then you were in your own like kind of isolation pod with people you were living with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple other people that were like added on. And we're getting to this one particular night. Yes. <laughs> where I'm texting with you and you're texting with me. Like, we're probably different levels of drunk, but probably a little bit, like, tipsy at least. Yeah, because it was a little later in the evening, and I was telling you that we were, in my little pod, we're trying to decide if someone in that pod could still be part of the pod, because they might be having a distance hang with somebody, and you... Right, or they were having a non-distance hang. Well, they were going to have a non-distance okay. hang. Yeah, yeah, but they'd been distance but, hanging. Anyways, the point anyway, is, we but, were discussing what, dynamics of a, of a group that you were not a part of yet, and we didn't know when you would be, and you had feelings about that. And I had feelings about it, and like, I had my own fears about at the, the thing at the time, and we, anyway, and so I, it, I internalized it and was like, I'm not being considered here, and so... In the midst of this conversation to, like, my what I would call, like, my my best friend, like, my best friend, and I'm laying on my bedroom floor, and the whole time I've been kind of using, like, talk to text because I'm just, like, shaking with, like, frustration and sadness, 
And so then I'm laying on my bedroom floor, talking to the bottom of my phone, <laughs> and I talk to text. What do I say? Oh, I get this really cute um, text message that just says, fuck you! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just said, fuck you! Like, I just yell, fuck you! And then, like, sent, like, slammed that button. As hard as you can slam a touch screen, I just, like, slammed it. And then, uh, do you remember what you responded? Uh, yeah, I just said, okay. <laughs> um, I said, okay, and then, like, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, you um, said, okay, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. And which to which I responded with six paragraphs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Many of which saying the songs I'm listening to and just how I feel. And I'm kind of saying I'm and sorry. And explaining the fuck I'm you like, and, and yeah. apologizing at the same time. And, and then I just said, like, I love you. I'll yeah. talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> and I said, yeah, because I ended those with, like, are you just not going to talk to me now? Because I was just like, I just fucked it up. Like, these are the only people that yeah. will ever love me again. <laughs> And now I just blocked myself out. And then I was like, are you going to talk to me again? And then, uh, yeah, you were like, like, I love you. I'll I'll talk talk to you tomorrow. tomorrow. And I was like, I love you too. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And then Uh, we did. And we had a phone conversation, which was really nice. Um, And we talked about all the feelings. And it was a lot more open and less frustrating for both of us. Yeah. Um, And And then a couple hours later. A couple hours later, I hear a ding dong or a knock at my door. And I go outside. Um, No person's there, but there's a cassette tape. And Lex has made me a mixtape. Yeah. A physical, like, cassette tape. Which you Mix- taught me how to do, so I thought that was, was a very sweet. good gift. <laughs> um, and it was called Hug Me on the Inside Once This Quarantine Is Over. Yeah, um, which is, like, from an inside joke that we had for some drunken night in the right. last two years. And then I added the quarantine part because yeah. you were still not in that um, yeah. isolation pod that you're in now with me. Um, yeah. And so I li- I've always listened to it right away. Um, and so what I want to play is one song that really stood out to me from the tape um, that was really... Uh, it was a song I hadn't heard before, and I, it made it onto my Isolation Reflections playlist. And so let's listen to a little bit of that song. Cool. Doll, you never show me nothing but kindness She would say, I know how sad you get And some days I still get that way But it gets better, it gets better, it gets better Sweetie, it gets better, I promise you And she'd tell me, she'd tell me she'd Your heart is a muscle, the size of your fist Keep on loving, keep on fighting And hold on, and hold on So we just listened to the whole thing and you heard a little clip from Your Heart is a Muscle the Size of Your Fist by Ramshackle Glory, um, which was on the mixtape that Lex made me. And why that one stuck out to me um, that we've kind of talked about since then is that it felt to me like they were speaking to me through that song. Other songs were like, these are songs you're going to relate to. That one was... It gets better, it gets better, it gets better. Sweetie, it gets better, I promise you. (laughs) Your heart is a muscle the size of your fist. Keep on loving, keep on fighting, and hold on, hold on, hold on for your life. And it was like, it felt like advice to me. Yeah, and that one, um, we talked about this like last week or something, and you had said that that's how you received it, which was great because I never verbally told you, but that's 
a lot of the other songs were very much like, wow, your life sucks, and I want to acknowledge that, and like, <laughs> and like, <laughs> um, I'm watching you be miserable, and I want you to know you're seen. No, but like, uh, a lot of them were very much, um, tailored to that type of playlist that I was mm. making for you, but this one made it on because I was in that, that mental frame, but also like, I would have given you this song at any time regardless of if you were going through a lot of shit or just like a little bit or you know what I mean like it always just feels like we're kind of that person for each other right and you've been that for me too and that's why this this song I'm glad that you picked it and that you you it resonated with you the way I had intended it to um, yeah. because we both are that person saying like hold on hold on like I think there was also like I'm just thinking about why it hit me <laughs> was because it was a, this tape, the tape itself was a response to me being angry at you. Mm -hmm. And there's something substantial about your heart is a muscle the size of your fist. Like there's like this, there's like this anger established in the song kind of keeps going on and it has some really troubling things about like suicide and about like struggle and like anger. And like, I think that it just made, I remember it making me laugh. Like, there's a Coldplay song on there that, like, made me cry, and I felt upset that it made me cry. <laughs> but, like, that song made me laugh and, like, yeah. and feel, like, seen, yeah, and heard. And, like, um, yeah. So I really appreciate that, like, that you, that you speak in music like I do. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so let's transition into the normal interview which is how has your isolation experience been people are going to be really upset um <laughs> i feel like because um i'm very very privileged and blessed and um and lucky or whatever you want to call it that my isolation um with all the covid stuff in particular began right as i started a new relationship um that had a lot of pretext and a lot of build-up um and was going really well. And so we had decided that, um, my household was a bit more hesitant about COVID in general, and they didn't have to work outside of their home. And I did. And so I decided to go and live with my partner. Uh, her name is Lita, um, temporarily, you know, like, cause we, you know, at that point we we're like, Oh, it's only gonna be like a month or something. Mm -hmm. Cause the government no lies. Yeah. Um, and, and so, um, my experience has been, kind of having a lot of time, even though I'm working um, with the public and stuff, my partner is benefiting from unemployment and we have a lot of free time to enjoy each other and to develop personal relationship. And I have that small pod that you are now a part of mm -hmm. um, with her roommate or our roommate slash her sister. And, and so I've had like a very nice sense of community in, in this isolation, which I think it, it does counteract what so many people are experiencing with this. Um, and that's why I was like, people are going to be mad. Um, but I just, I, I think that, yeah, I've had a very, very fortunate go of such an awful situation, um, that everyone is going through. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that I'm like excluded from, from feeling lost and, um, confused by the world and how it has changed so rapidly and like the world that I knew you know six months ago I guess now about like it's probably never going to be like that and I still identify with that feeling everyone's like what what are we doing what's going to happen um you know I don't get to make new friends really in right. the same organic way that I used to or um 
free time feels very different because it's like, well, I'm not going to just go out and do stuff. Like it's very irresponsible and dangerous. And you immersed yourself in like the relationship and in the apartment that you are living in. Mm -hmm. How does it feel to essentially lose a lot of like me time, a lot of like solo time that you would have had before this? Um, Yeah, that's been probably my biggest personal struggle, like um, is trying to figure out like what I need to give myself in terms of time and processing like just everyday things like I used to by myself and um, even like listening to music. Like I don't just like sit down and listen to music as much as I used to Mm -hmm. um, because I I am so lucky to have my partner around all the time. Like I get off work and she's home and we get to spend time together but that time is different than what I would probably be doing by myself and it's it's um it's been really great and wonderful, but also I've been trying very hard to be conscious of like, okay, like I need to listen to myself and be like, do I need to do something by myself, like a creative thing? Or do I need to, you know, go on a walk by myself and listen to music? Do I need to do some art thing? Like, do I need to do something that isn't tied to an activity with this other person or other people who live in that house? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's been kind of like a struggle of mine is like, I want to hang out with her all the time and I want to hang out with my little pod all the time, but, um, I also need to do my things Yeah. and like trying to find that balance of, of being like, okay, like I would, I would love to like watch the X-Files with you for three hours, but like, I think I need to, <laughs> like, I think I need to go listen to, you know, music or I need to, I need to go into the room and like play guitar and like suck at it. Cause I haven't played in four months, you know? Yeah. And I think that, um, what you I mean? What I've heard you, I think what everyone has had, and like even myself has had, like, is it put every relationship, every friendship, every like romantic relationship, it put everything in a pressure cooker. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's kind of like the phrase that I keep going back to. And like you have, at this point, like survived the pressure cooker, uh, whereas a lot of people haven't. And I think that's substantial. And I think that that, and like our friendship has survived it. And like. I think that has a lot to do with communication and like um, taking that time and space. Um, so yes, like a lot of what you were saying is like when you do find a time to take that space, you engage with music, either creating or like yeah listening to. So that's a great transition into what is your first song pick for songs that are getting you through isolation? Um, my first song pick is a song that has gotten me through a lot of a lot of emotions, not necessarily hard or difficult, but just like whenever I'm feeling particularly intense about something, um, is the song Row from the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind soundtrack. So we just listened to the 
perfect 59 seconds that is row uh what is it about this song um i think that there's a lot to do with the connotation of the song in reference to the film that it's from right because it's a score piece um and in that in that scene um which we watched it's only like a minute and a half and most of it is the song played um you know they're trying to run away from the people stealing his memories of clementine right of mm -hmm. joel's memories and um and so he runs to this very happy childhood memory that has nothing to do with her and it's so so beautiful and so peaceful and even the tempo like feels like time has slowed down and like i feel like my heart rate changes and like it's very um immersive as a score piece which like don't they don't usually hit me super super strongly um and then at the end of the song is right where the scene changes and he has in trying to protect his memory of clementine left her behind entirely mm -hmm. um and what was supposed to be an escape for both of them to protect her, he just escaped into his own positive memory. And that, yeah. even as a kid, when I watched that movie with my dad, like, that always just resonated with me. And I think that, um, like I said, no matter what my intense feeling is, like, I listen to that song sometimes and I'm just feeling intensely happy because it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and because it's been, like, a close friend and helped me through bad times. But when I'm having rough times, I, I, I go into that song as kind of a security blanket because it it kind of reminds me that like people are like that and like i'm like that and that's okay like there's nothing necessarily wrong with me for that like mm -hmm. the the feeling of of um turning to something comforting and kind of in the name of even like helping another person and then just kind of leaving them behind yeah <laughs> um and i feel like with isolation in particular like i feel like i haven't like i was saying as i presented my situation like i feel a little bit guilty I think of having such a good go of, of isolation yeah. in particular. And that song in this instance resonates with that where I, I do feel almost, almost guilty, but also I have to understand that like, it's okay that I've like have the good things that I'm holding on to them. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that the song itself, even what you described the scene that we watched and that we know well, like it, it is it's also taking that time to like reflect on your own memory mm -hmm. um which like if you're like if you're taking time to like separate from even if it's a positive scenario that you're in like you're taking time to like be alone and maybe be reflective and like that song and the scene like reflects that um that that it's it's a, it's from my favorite movie of all time like, yeah mine as well yeah um just because i'm such a jim carrey nerd like i'm gonna like wax intellectual about that for just a split second yeah do it. um what i love about that is like that i don't know exactly exactly how that scene went like when they were filming it and stuff but um but jim carrey himself has a fascination and like a distinct connection to the song row row, row your boat mm -hmm. which they, they the two characters actually sing in the scene like it's not in the score piece obviously but they sing row 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 your boat gently down the stream um merrily 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 life is but a dream and Jim Carrey has an obsession with that song and like a connection with that song. And even his handprints at the mm -hmm. man's Chinese theater says merrily, 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 um, ellipses like dot, dot, dot. Um, and which means life is but a dream. And like, I think what's so beautiful about that is like what that song elicits for me. And I think is what you're saying elicits for you. Is it like 
it brings back the most positive of memories. And it's, it's pure. Like, it feels very, you know, like it ties back into his childhood in that in that film. But like the reason that that hits so well is because you can tie into that feeling of, of, um, like yeah, like childhood purity and and uh, hopefulness. Yeah. Yeah. And like life is but a dream. Like, as adults, like we would never say that. No, no. And we wouldn't be able to identify with it if we hadn't had experiences as kids, like being like, oh yeah, I remember what that felt like. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like that kind of feels, um, like it resonates with me even through adulthood experiences of like, okay, I do remember when life felt like but a dream and I can tie back into it and like kind of connect with myself Yeah. and remind myself in hard times that I felt that way before and I will again, or if I'm having a good time, I can celebrate that life is but a dream, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I'm jealous of your isolation experience. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never have you on the podcast again. You have one other song. This is the last time we're ever going to hang out. And we're not friends anymore. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Once again. Fuck, fuck you. Uh, all right. Lex has another song that they picked out that I don't know what it is. So uh, introduce it and then we'll listen to it. Yeah, it's Rose Color Boy by Paramore off of their uh, After Laughter album. Alright, we're listening to a little bit. Um, I, I think that that song, it's been one of my favorite comfort songs, um, for the last, like, three-ish years since that album came out. Um, mostly because when that album came out, I, uh, had just gotten to a point in my life where I realized, like, okay, I get to be sad and, like, I'm allowed to feel my feelings or whatever, but I also have to, like, keep going, Mm. you know? And that album, in its entirety... Uh, is a lot of very emotional, a very very heavy, very sad lyrics and contents and emotions and all this stuff. But it's all on this backdrop of just this be- beautiful, like, 80s synth sunset mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Um, and uh, it's kind of, uh, to put it in a nutshell, it's like, cry hard, dance harder. <laughs> I think Hayley Williams actually during her first tour with, like, their first tour with... Uh, this album had that like on the back of like a drum okay. or something, but that's kind of what that means to me. Right. And, um, during this isolation and during like COVID and even like black lives matter and like all of this like change and all of this perception, um, that I have of the world now versus even before all of this, like it, it changed what it meant to me because it reminded me that I can be sad 
and I don't have to apologize for it, but I also, like, should try to hold on to the positives of it, but also that other people experience these things, and also other people get to be sad, mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, there's the, the whole hook of it is, you know, um, basically just saying, like, I get to be sad, and, like, you can't tell me I can't be sad, like, I wish that I could see everything through your rose-colored glasses, but I can't, and, um, we've all been forced to take off our rose-colored glasses. Yeah, the yeah. line that stuck out to me was, our, but hearts are breaking and wars are raging on, and mm-hmm. I have taken my glasses off. Yes, and that was, that's exactly the line I was about to talk about, um, because that's what made it kind of resonate with me in a new way in this, in this point in time, mm. is, is, is that we've all, I mean, if you're paying attention. We've had to take We've had to off. take them off. They were taken off and smashed. Like, you don't get to put them back on and forget that you've seen yeah. and experienced. You can't all. ignore what's happening with Black Lives Matter. You can't ignore, like, how irresponsible our government's been. You can't ignore how stupid people around people, us. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's, it's brought to light so many different things in people that are family friends and family members and things mm. that, like, you know, everybody has definitely taken some stances. And, yeah. and you can't ignore it anymore. Mm. You can't put those rose-colored glasses on and, and still be like, yeah, my uncle's pretty cool, though. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, and so that's, that's the new relation that I have to this song that's actually carried me through a lot of things already. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, the whole album resonates with me, uh, but, you know, I, I can still, I can dance and I can cry simultaneously. And I think that that's something that I've seen, um, in a way, carry you through isolation and, like, all of the things you're processing and myself and, like, and people online is just, like, it's human nature to, um, get through hard things and then to essentially dance your way through it and to, to overcome and yeah. to celebrate, like, what is good. And this song kind of, uh kind of reminds me of that when I'm feeling like the world is burning and everything's awful and that yeah. humans are the worst thing that's ever happened, um, <laughs> which is, is true. But it's, what are we going to do about it? Like, we're going to dance yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, we're going to celebrate the amazing things that humans do for each other every day. And we get to be sad and we should be sad and we should acknowledge our sadness. But it doesn't mean that you can't dance to fun 80 synth pop made in 2017. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate these very varied songs. Um, <laughs> yes, very different our, vibes. And our conversation um, and our friendship uh, and how much you've helped me through this time uh, of isolation and like my need for relationship and my need for connection and how much you've been able to fulfill that as a, a best friend of mine and someone that I'm now able to like hug and like hold and we're we're having a slumber party right now our first slumber party ever in two years which is insane (laughs) um is there any closing thoughts you have about everything about what's happening right now in life and about or about music or anything i think that um i think my biggest thing is just focusing on it's just been this is how i've always felt and seems to be serving me really well with like mental health things and relationships and everything is let yourself feel your feelings. Be upset. Be sad. Be disappointed. Um, and acknowledge your feelings, because if you ignore them, it's not going to do anything. But then also, like, do your your best to just find something good. Not necessarily from that situation, but just 
find something good. Yeah. You know, like, go look at a sunset. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, as stupid as that is, like, it doesn't no, have to be, you. you don't have to find, like, the bright side of your horrible situation or be like, it was like, everything happens for a reason. It's like, no, that's, that's not true every time. But like, you can have <laughs> really bad situations and really bad um, circumstances. And I think that like, acknowledging that and letting yourself feel that and feeling sorry for yourself a little bit is important. And then go do something that feels good. Go find something that feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether that's music or arts or bugs or like whatever it is, you know, like everybody has yeah. different things that just like boost that serotonin. Like go find it. Yeah. You know, but you got to do both. You can't, you can't just try to find happy things and ignore, ignore that everything can feel awful sometimes. Yeah. And I think a lot of people right now are trying to ignore how awful and weird the world is. And like their rose colored glasses have come off and it's very jarring and upsetting. And, um, it's very difficult to process. And like, if you do both, like you, you'll probably have a slightly easier time. Cool. I think that's great advice. I think that's a great closing thought. Um, I appreciate you. I love you. I love you. I appreciate you. And thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having a podcast and (laughs) letting me be on it. It's fucking cool. Thank you for listening. Follow me on Instagram at Eric Portland. I'm going to close out this episode with Lex and I's mic check at the beginning of this where we started to be really silly and then that silliness became its own podcast of us being ridiculous that's called the chicken nugget podcast which you can also look up and listen to i love you all and i'll see you soon here is lex and i's mic check to close us out i am sitting here with lexington p bear um on our favorite podcast about chicken nuggets what do you think your favorite things to dip a chicken nugget into are oh ranch absolutely oh that's a little okay in a world that ranch doesn't exist what's your choice Oh, um, gasoline. Gross. I mean... If, if I live in a world where ranch doesn't exist, I want to die. Okay. So gasoline. That's really fair. <laughs> um, what about a world that cows don't exist? That cows don't exist? Yeah. Um, barbecue sauce, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>